0: All right, we're back. This is your host Rob Morris? You listen to the Rims and S podcast, episode forty-nine, segment two. All right, so I got forgot to mention the All Star Game, which pretty much ended the weekend. So we're gonna kind of get into that real quick before we start the high school coverage that I have for you guys. All right, so I thought at all the events, you watch all the events Friday and Saturday you know, it was some events were lack more lackluster than others. But I thought really the highlight of the weekend was the all star game. I thought the all star game was exciting to watch throughout the game. I thought it was exciting because it was two things that happened. One step. Curry went crazy and hit 16 threes, which he pretty much stole the show. But It was fun to see John Morant do what he was able to do. I thought John Morant was ridiculous with his athletic ability. Um, Jason Tatum did play. He got a few buckets, which that's like a local spin on it. But I was really happy to watch the NBA 75th anniversary team. I thought that was a, a very good moment as like a basketball fan to watch that, to kind of see history. Pretty much being presented for you in that halftime show where you've seen players from all the way from the 50s all the way to now get recognized as the 75th, or the, I mean, the, 70, the 75 greatest players of all time, basically. I remember. I know it's not a, a, it's probably a vague memory, but I kind of remember watching the 50th one or I might have seen like highlights of it. Cause I believe I was, I was a young kid. I was like about maybe seven or eight when that team came out. And ironically, it's, it was in Cleveland that year as well. So I think it happened in 97 or 98, if I'm not mistaken the 50th anniversary team. So it, it was it was cool to kind of see. This kind of was a little bit more of a memory that I'm going to remember for a longer time because I was too young at that time to see that type of team, to see that type of moment. I, all I remember is some vague moments. Of, I remember there was a lot of vague moments of watch, me watching Jordan. I remember watching Jordan back then, but I was still fairly young to kind of like truly remember it crisply but now seeing that team and stuff and seeing that the, the 75th anniversary team it was you're going to re- I'm going to remember that a lot more cuz you're not going to probably see a moment like that for a long time like probably there won't be another team like that into the next 25 years so think about how I'll be that by that time I'll probably be maybe in my 60s early 50s So, I see. I'm. I'm, I had to like do the math. I'm 31 right now, so I'll probably be. I'd probably be 56 or something. I'll be 56. I'll be like my dad's age. (laughs) So that's that's a long time. So when you have a moment like this, you want to watch it and really relish it because you're not gonna see that for another 25 years. So it was. It was a nice moment to see that. I thought that might have been the highlight of the whole entire week and to see all those great players assemble in one, you know, stage. They had a little circular stage where all the players got to see players that I that I like watching over the, like Garnett and Pierce were recognized as one of those players. Um, got to see the some of the present team uh, players. You got Lillard and... Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant and LeBron. I mean, what a weekend for LeBron James to have that all-star game be in his hometown. I mean, man, I know he must have been really, really happy to have that weekend be at his hometown. To be able to be recognized as one of the 75 greatest players in his hometown. To be an all-star starter. I mean, he must have been ecstatic throughout the entire weekend. And it must have been, like, I think I'd seen an interview when he was, like, saying, like, like, he's, it's like a dream come true for him. And it was. I thought it was, I thought if I was him, I'd feel the same way. It was was somewhat something that you could not even dream of. For him to have a weekend where it's all happening all in your hometown. I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. I mean, I. That is a great moment, but it was a little bittersweet because um, we all know Kobe Ryan passed away just about a little bit over a year ago, and he wasn't there, and it would have been special to see him there, and I just thought when I seen him get announced, I, I don't know if I really got teary-eyed. I don't, I mean, the emotions... I did. I ain't going to lie. When Kobe Bryant died, I did, I did get a little emotional, I must say. I mean, because it's someone that I, even though I don't know him personally, it was someone that we, that as a Celtic fan, we had battles with the Lakers teams at those times. As like, and I always say we like I'm part of the team. I'm, that's how I, I don't know. As a fan, sometimes we do kind of like want to say we're part of the team. As like, as someone that is devoted to it, which I'm devoted to You know, I love basketball. That is, like, my passion. And that is the sport that I love to cover and love to watch and love to play. So, sometimes I do feel like I'm part of my home team sometimes. And sometimes I will use we and stuff. So, please don't. I mean, I know you guys probably make fun of me, but that's just how I am. That's just how I am about it. But like like I was saying about Kobe, I just think... You know, you look at those the 08 team. We had to beat that Kobe Bryant-laden team, which I thought was special. After we won that championship in 08, um, there was a lot of chatter saying that Kobe couldn't win without Shaq. This, then, and the third. And I, I think I respected him so much more as a player after the fact because he was able to Take that loss to the chin against us in 08, which, believe me, I don't think anyone was going to stop that 08 team from winning a championship that year. It was a special, special team. But Kobe was able to come back the next year. Um, Did get a little help because KG did get hurt that year. He did have, an, he did have that injury, that uh, season-ending injury, the knee injury, and it really helped them. To win, to win it you all, know, they end up facing Dwight Howard and the Magic that year because we lost to the Magic. Well, the Celtics lost to the Magic in the second round because not having KG definitely hurt them a lot. In that playoff series, they had really no one to really guard Dwight Howard but per- Kendrick Perkins, and and it's just that's just not enough for Dwight Howard at that time. Dwight Howard was a, having a dominant MVP season that year for the Magic, so he led them to win the East that year, and they faced off against the Lakers. And the Lakers were just just so much more significantly better. And believe me, I don't really think those Lakers teams were anything close to what they were in those early 2000s when they won three championships with Shaq. But I respected Kobe because he kind of, at times, had to like really make Paul Gasol better. I felt like Paul Gasol, before he came to the Lakers, was just... A player that played on a bad team with the Memphis Grizzlies, but I think Kobe gave him that winning mentality to strive to be the best, and it really elevated a lot of those players on that team. And then I think they won another championship, I think a year or so, or two years ago after that. So he was able to win two more after, you know, Shaq moved on, you know, moved on those years. So it was. I had to give Kobe a lot of props, and I respected his game a lot those years as well. How he was able to really elevate his game without Shaq, and was able to win without Shaq. So it was definitely bittersweet that night, and just seeing, you know, all the legends. Why? One thing I was saying, like, I was like, why isn't some of these people not show up if they're alive? Because there was a lot of players that weren't alive. To not be there if you're alive and well you have to be there for that type of moment that's like a like a something that's like a hall of fame type moment you going to be there there at your hall of fame or you are gonna are you gonna zoom in your your hall of fame speech you're gonna want to be there so it's like that's like a uh an accomplishment that you have to be there for which i just thought that was like kind of you know certain people weren't there and i just like why don't some of these people be there because it's like, this is like a Hall of Fame type of accolade that you want to show your kids or show your grandkids, you know, that, you know, look, look, I, I was recognized as the top 75 players all time. You got to be there for that moment. You know what I'm saying? And who knows if, if it's going to be another time where you'll be there for the next one. So I thought it was a, a special, special moment. And to see it, you know, unfold like that was was pretty cool. Um, so I watched that, and then just to see Steph Curry do what he did kind of solidified it. He was part of it as well as a top seventy-five player. He was part of that team as well. So just to kind of see some of those present guys and then show show their greatness all in that game it was it was pretty cool, man. Like I, to see what Steph Curry did. And I know um, some people don't appreciate the greatness of Steph Curry, but I do, and I just think it was pretty cool to see him do what he did. 16 threes, making threes all the way from half court. I mean, just, it was ridiculous what he was doing. And not to put it on all thick, I just thought it was fun to see all the other guys as, you know, first-time All-Stars that were able to, you know, do their thing as well. LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland, Jared Allen. All the hometown players, it's always fun to see the hometown, you know, players get their chance as well. And it was a, it was a fun. I thought that was a fun weekend because of, of you know, all those festivities. And I mean, only sour note was the, the dunk contest being so bad. But other than that, everything else was pretty good, I must say. I think the NBA did a good job of really um, putting on a show. For the entire weekend, it was definitely special, I must say. All right, so we're going to switch gears and talk about high school basketball. And this is part of the show that you might want to get some food. You might want to get some snacks if you're listening. Maybe get a workout in or whatever. Put your headphones on because this is going to go on for a good while because... Like I like I I know I don't take any shorts when it comes down to this. I'm pretty much gonna break down everything. Far as like you know, keep you up to date of what what's been going on, which a lot has gone on. I mean, it's been maybe two weeks since my last pod, and it's gonna it's gonna be a long. This is probably gonna be the probably the longest part of the show. So we're gonna start off with Maine. Um, which a lot has happened the playoffs have started they're probably one of the few states that start their playoffs fairly early like they started it early february i think early mid february so the, and then New Hampshire's another one New Hampshire had a pretty quick playoff run which will kind of get into their D, to the D1 um portion of it we're not going to we're not at, I mean, every state may not i may go with two divisions with Maine because they're very competitive in two divisions. I pretty much will talk about class A and then class AA. So we'll probably talk about that with both playoffs with the North and the South, as far as like you know the results and stuff. To start off, I like to to get get myself pretty organized. I like to bring up the rankings, the previous rankings or the last rankings that I put up on the website to kind of run those down and then kind of go through all the notes that I have. Let me just give me a second to bring that up. And if you want to see for the yourself, I did posted the rankings on the um socials. If you want to go on my page, they should be on the socials. The latest rankings for February, which I will probably have another rankings once March comes around. Which we got about what a week a week or so left of this month because the month is ending because the leap year, so it's a short month. So March will be right around the corner. Hopefully there'll be good weather. Hopefully the winter because believe me and. Uh, it's been a weird winter for, you know, Boston. Um, you have like, right today. It was like what? 50 degrees today. It was 50 degrees today. And the past couple of days has been fairly mild weather. And then it was raining today, but it was still like a fairly warm day. I think it's going to be, it's going to be 60 degrees tomorrow. And then I heard it's supposed to be a storm at the end of the week. So this just tells you the wacky weather in like New England and Boston it's just like you can get snow anytime in any possible time, but then you it could be like two or three days before that it could be like a sixty or seventy degree day like it's like crazy. People want to say it's global warming. I don't know what it is, but it's just like I don't know it was like this it was not like this twenty years ago. um uh, it wasn't this unpredictable. But it's been kind of a... We've had, obviously, we had that huge snowstorm a couple of weeks ago that pretty much brought three feet of snow. So we're still... Well, that snow is just melting. Like, it's been a lot of snow on the ground because of that. And it's literally melting because of the nice weather of late. But now, it potentially, could be another storm. So, as I, I can't wait till March happens because usually sometimes when March happens, the weather gets better. So, hopefully, that that will be the case soon because hopefully I can have my car back and the weather gets nice all at the same time that will be that'll be great if all that ha- happens um i'll start to really get this thing going i know you guys probably thinking oh when are you guys, when are you going to have a guest again um hopefully soon um I just, I haven't been able to really, I'm going to do my best to contact some people in and around my network of people that I know or just people that want to do it. This question is if they want to do it. That's the key. Um, I really haven't had people, I haven't had a lot of people say, no, there's a lot of people that I've reached out to that I've mentioned it to them. Oh yeah, like get on one day. We can, we can record and get on. But I'm like, I'm trying to like make a, uh trying to make a studio inside, you know, where I live. But because of, you know, the situation with my accident, it's been I don't want to blame everything, but it's definitely has taken a toll on a lot of things I've been able to do. So um, I haven't been able to do that. I had to put that off just because I've had to focus on that. And it's, it's been, believe me anyone wants just try to do your best not in an accident. Cause it's just, I would not wish this on anyone. I'm just, I'm just blessed that I'm able to be walking and be healthy. And throughout all that I'm able to be, you know, cause I could, I could have gotten hurt. I could have gotten into more, a, more of a serious situation. But I mean, far as I, far as I've been burned with the financial implications of it, I've been burned with that. And that's Believe me, that's nothing to say that's like anything lightly because it's not. Because it's really, it's kind of took the toll on what I could have done. I think I could have progressed this a little bit better. And then also a thing, side note, before I even get to the thing, I know I'm kind of rambling right now. Side note, I remember I mentioned that I was going to get a job to try to cover the games. I was going to go to the games and try to cover games there. And do I was gonna pretty much do box score for for a company, which I was pretty much gonna be like somewhat of a box score scorekeeper type thing, that f- fell through. Um, the company supposedly, um, I got an email saying that they they went under, they're out of business, so wasn't able to do that either. That fell through, which part of me was like, I wasn't too frustrated with that i wasn't too disappointed because i was like i mean i did the assessment did all the all the requirements to to kind of get myself ready to do that so i did pretty much did all the requirements to do it and then that's when i got the email about a week later uh saying that uh i don't know i got a text message i was trying to check it but yeah saying that oh well you're Um, we're out of, out of operations, we're out of business, so good luck on your future endeavors. So they just kind of just left us out the dry, whoever didn't start yet. I didn't get to start. Some people started, but I didn't, it took me about a month to kind of get everything done because there was a lot of, um, you know, zoom calls and a lot of like, um, studying and preparing for that final, you know, test and it wouldn't believe me i am glad i did it glad i was able to experience that or really just kind of just get ready for that cuz it was it was definitely somewhat difficult i would say i don't know if i was 100% prepared for it i mean i, try, I p- took a lot of time to prepare for it because i knew that it, it could have been a difficult task but and it was but it there was a lot of holes in the company as well which I'm not going to really get into that like that, but I'm just, it wasn't a Chris operation. Let's just say that I'm going to just put it lightly like that. It wasn't a Chris operation and it wasn't where it could have been. It could have been better. Let's just say that it could have been a better, um, place to, you know, to you would call work. So I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not going to get into that. Um, it just wasn't, it it wasn't in the cards for me. And, I just got to go a different direction and I'm not, I'm not going to give up on that. I'm definitely going to uh, try to look for some type of work that could, you know, where I can do both, where I can still do a podcast and still work, do that side work, maybe, you know, get a little bit more recognition, get it, get my name out there. It would help me to network as well. Help me to build my social media following and I'm just, yeah, that's the key, just getting out there, getting out there, meeting new people in the industry. And that could really help me to kind of grow everything, which I thought that would have been an opportunity to do that, but it, it wasn't in the cards at the time. So sometimes it's all about timing, too. Sometimes those opportunities may not be the best for you either. You may think it might be best for you at the time, but it may not be. You know, only God knows what is best for best for us. We just have to just do the best we can follow, you know, follow our purpose and what, what we are, are passionate about in life and, and just hopefully everything else will fall into place. So I'm just trusting it, you know, trusting the process and just doing the best I can, you know, we're all not perfect. We all have to just strive to be our best selves, what it just comes down to. But um, I know I'm rambling, but I'm gonna, Get back to it. I just was trying to pull up this rankings for you. Um, again, we're gonna start with um, we're gonna start with Maine. The latest one that I have up is I don't know why they made it like this, but anyways, this is the format that they put it in. But uh, yeah. So far as Maine, number one, we had Nokomis. So. Which we're going to um, start out with the playoffs. with the Which will make a quick preview of their team. Which we mentioned in the last pod. They depend on the Flag Brothers. Ace Flag. Cooper. Cooper Flag. To kind of um, solidify them. They've had a very good season. It's which their record has been fairly, very strong. Over 20 wins on the year. And they were able to get the number one seed of Class A. So their first game in the playoffs, which which will break down the bracket for you, they played against uh, Masokey. Which that was around two nineteen when they played, which was this past Saturday. Um they won the game fifty nine to twenty nine. Uh, fifty seven to twenty nine, excuse me. And they were led by um, Madden. Madden White, he had he had a big game in that one. Definitely had a huge game, twenty three points for Madden White. So Those are like the three best players. You got the Flag Brothers, the twin freshmen that are, believe me, they're going to be highly, highly caliber players coming up. They're still fairly young. So once, you know, they get into sophomore, junior, I think there's already, you know, schools really, there's already a lot of schools that are really targeting them as freshmen. So, Imagine by the, by the time they get to juniors, they should have a ton of offers, you know, a ton of D one offers, you know, probably from the top schools in the country to want to to want to play for them to play to their play with their school, excuse me. But a and White is their experienced player, so they do depend on him a lot on both ends of the floor to really to really get things done for them. So. I think with that, I think um it's gonna be interesting to see how they you know how they do, so it was a nice win for them. It was an easy win, you know a lot of these um early round games are against teams that have losing records, so you look at the uh Nassau key, they didn't have a very strong record, so it was a very easy game for them. A little bit more of a step up in the next game, which is the semifinal game they face off against Coney. Which I, they've been dominating Coney as well this year. They're two zero against Coney, so they're expected to be the favorite in that one. Coney's led by Cam Duran, so you look at Mad and White. I was, as far as a key matchup, I think uh, Mad and White and, and Cam Duran should be the key matchup. I think the Flag Brothers got the very good, a uh, very good side advantage inside against Coney. Coney's a good scoring team, but defensively they do struggle. So look for Nacomas to go inside, use the Flag Brothers' versatility to their advantage, use Madden and White and all their, uh, they're a very good shooting team as well, but defensively they're really good as well. And I just think, um, they should be able to dominate on that end of the floor defensively. I think they're very good defensively with their size and and the versatility on the offensive end. To get you know get out in transition and stuff should be definitely an advantage. I think they should dominate against Coney. I think you'll see them in the Class A um, finals for sure. I think they should definitely be right there in the finals once again. I think they were in it last year, if I'm not mistaken, but – Nicolas has been very good this season. I think they're definitely the favorite to win it all. But you look at the other side of the bracket, um, Brewer and Trokagan. Let's take a look at Brewer. Brewer played against Lawrence. I mean, they dominated Lawrence, man. They won 72-46. to 46. Um, It was a valid team effort. You look at the key matchup, it was it was against Andrew Tremblay of Lawrence, and then you had Brady Saunders. But Brady Saunders um, g- got to love um, what they do on the defensive end. And obviously, you know, giving up only 46 points was, was defense was definitely a big thing. And we all know Brewer, they could shoot the ball with the best of them. Probably one of the best in the uh, in the state at shooting the ball. And it should be a fun matchup um, as Schrohagen also took care of business as well, which they played against each other a couple weeks ago. But Schrohagen was able to beat Mount Blue, 67-33. Again, dominated on the defensive end. They also have good size. I think Brewers not... Out of Nokomis and Schrohagen, Schrohagen's a much bigger team than Brewer. So I think that's probably the biggest thing I would have to say is that Schrohagen's size could be an advantage in this matchup against Brewer. For This, this will be the second time they faced off against each other, which if you look at the first matchup, Let me just search this real quick. Well, actually, they've actually played three times. Brewer beat them the first matchup. And then the last matchup, they beat them. And you look at the first matchup. Brady Saunders had 14. Kobe Smith had 16. Aaron Newcomb had 11. That's on the Brewers' side. But, uh... Strohagen did very well recently, though, because they're, they're... Obviously, the best players that they rely on Colin LePage and Adam Savage. They're pretty big up front. So that's the key. I think that's the key between Strohagen and Brewer. Um, Colin LePage, Adam Savage really solidified the interior for them. But Colin LePage can play on the perimeter, shoot threes. So they got a good squad. They've only lost three games this year, Strohagen. So they did lose to Brewer in the first matchup, but they end up beating Brewer in the second matchup. They won sixty to fifty-seven, and you gotta like I gotta like, you gotta like their chances. I think this obviously, if Brewer wants to win, they gotta up the tempo up. They gotta play fast. If Scorhagen wants to win, they have to play at a slow pace, play in the fifties and sixties. I think the only way Brewer can win is, like I mentioned, just they got to get in the face of those guards, of those Corhagen guards. They got to play like they played all year long, get steals, get deflections, create opportunities to get out in transition. That's going to be the key. They have to do that. They have to do that, man. If they don't do that, then it's going to be a long night. For them, it's going to be a slow, grinded out game that Scorhagen can really, um, can definitely use their defense to kind of, which I'm the, both teams. I think the key with both teams they have to use defense. They have to use defense, and I think it's it's a toss up. It's completely a toss up. If I had to predict a match, uh, to Whoever was going to win, it's completely a toss-up. And I I have, I don't know, something tells me that Brewer will win this, win this game. I think Brewer will win. Will win. I think Scorhagan's got players, but I think Brewer is a little bit more deeper. And if they could speed up the tempo of the game and create a fast up-tempo game where they're probably running a lot of full-court press, speeding up Scorhagan a little bit, if they can play at their pace, they have a chance to really win. I think Brewers been successful more so than Scorhagen has. Scorhagen's played great basketball late. They've had—I'm going to go wrong—they've had a strong season. Three losses is not a lot of—not a lot, man. They, they've had a very strong year, but I think Brewers been tested, and I think they'll show up. I think they'll show up and they'll win when it matters. And they'll they'll beat Schrøhagen. I think Brewer will beat Schrøhagen. You'll have a, a matchup against Nakomis versus Brewer, which we all know is a pretty fun matchup, to say the least. To get to see the Flag Brothers against you know Brady Saunders and uh, Aaron Newcomb and company, so it should be fun if that's if that's what it is. But it, overall, this matchup will be definitely fun as well because I think it's going to be a coin flip between these two teams. I think. If it, the style goes to uh, Scorhagen with you know more of a defensive-minded interior game where they can kind of play a um, slow-down pace, grind-it-out pace, it could be Skorhagen's game. If Brewer can speed up the tempo, get a lot of steals, get out in transition, shoot a lot of transition threes, and just threes in general, then they should win the game. Whoever wins the most threes should win. Whoever, whoever's pace wins out should win. So really, it's going to be important to dictate tempo early on, whoever, whoever wants to win this game. But I, I, I have Brewer winning the game. I think Brewer will, will be victorious. And then I have, I definitely have Nokomis pretty much easily beating Coney. I think uh, Nokomis has definitely dominated Coney all year long, and I think they have the advantage in that one. Alright, let's move on. New Hampshire, which a lot has happened in New Hampshire. Their playups are pretty much done, um, which will kind of. Well, first, hold on. Before we go to New Hampshire, let's um talk about Class Double A, which and then first of all, let's talk about Class A South. Before we go into the Class AA, before we go into New Hampshire, sorry if I jumped the gun on that, but uh, we still got to uh, do that. Class A South semifinal. Class A South semifinal is Greenlee versus Marshwood. Greenlee's best player is Seamus Retrice. That's the top player. The team uh, Greenlee's won five straight, so Greenlee coming into the game is... Somewhat of a favorite. This is the more weaker part of the Class A bracket. I mean, a lot of these players I haven't talked, a lot of these teams and players I haven't really talked about because the Class A North has been the clash of, of the division all year long. Everyone's been talking about those teams more than anything else. Uh, there hasn't been much talk about Greenley this year. I think uh, past years I talked about Greenlee, but this year not so much because. They've been good up late. They've had a very weak start to the year. But Seamus Retrice is one of their big men that's it been good. He can spread, uh, stretch the floor, kind of a modern-day big, where he can shoot the three, um, can go inside as well. And then for Marsh, we have Aiden Sullivan, which is your prototypical combo guard, can shoot the three. Handle the ball, slash. But I think Greenlee has the opportunity to win that game. And they probably will get to the Class A final. Which. Pretty much, whoever wins this goes to the Class A A South final. And then whoever obviously wins the Class A North final. Faces off with the Class A South final. So. I think y'all know whoever. Pretty much, Class A North is in the driver's seat to possibly winning the entire state because it's just just seems like they that the clash of the of the division is up north. Pretty much, the meat of the division is up north. should, Should I say? But uh. The other Class A self-semi-funny you have Falmouth, which has had a very good season. They're 17-2 on the year, and then uh, Fryburn, which is 11-9. Probably the, the key guy that we, you gotta like for Falmouth is Brady Crone. Brady Crone is, is a kid that's a very good shooter, one of the better shooters in the state, so keep an eye on on Falmouth, their guard play is probably going to be what's going to drive them to victory, and I think they should easily beat Fryburn. Fryburn's a team that's just not well known, not really in the spotlight at all. So I like Falmouth to win that fairly easily. Should be easy win for them if it hasn't happened already. Because uh, some of these games already have been played, but I believe. I can check right now if some of these games have been played already. Let me double check because when I um I drafted this out, it's definitely been a few days since I've drafted it out. Like I said, things have just been going on so fast that some games have been played already that I thought I was going to record plenty on recording this yesterday, but didn't record it yesterday. So we got to tomorrow. So the those semifinals that I just mentioned will all be played tomorrow. Um, Cause it is a vacation week. So a lot of these games will be played during the day. Or at night as well. So, so these big games will be played tomorrow, two twenty three. The Comus and Coney, Scrohagen and Brewer, Marshwood and Greenley, and Falmouth and Fryburn will be played tomorrow, two twenty three. So, if you guys are in the main area that are listening. Um, obviously, those games will be big games, and will decide the fate of the state championship. So, but yeah, like I mentioned, I think Falmouth should win that one against Fryburn. And for the other Class A South semifinal, I have Greenley winning. So be Greenley. It should be Greenley versus Falmouth, if my predictions are right. And then obviously on the other side, you have Nacoma's versus uh, Brewer which, believe me, we talked about Nokomis and Brewer all year long because they pretty much have had most of the success out of that class. Class um, South has kind of been on the weak side this year. All right, so let's get into Class AA fairly quickly, which will bring up the bracket here to see if I miss anything. But I don't think I did. We're just kind of just, there's four games. You have South Portland versus Bonnie Eagle. You have Mazibaric versus Dorton Academy, which Dorton Academy's had a pretty decent year. I would say they've been somewhat in the radio this year. You have Chivalry versus Oxford Hills. Oxford Hills had a, had a pretty sound year this year. And then you have Everett Little, which is the number one seed in the North. And then Lewistown, number four seed, which that should be a pretty good matchup. You look at the quarterfinals. Um, Everett Little um, had a nice, low-scoring affair against Wyndham, won forty-two to thirty-seven. For a number one seed, I think you would want to dominate a little bit better than that. But nevertheless, a win is a win. And then you have the next quarterfinal. You had Lewis Town beating Deering seventy-four to sixty-three. That was a nice win for Lewis Town. Chibris beat Portland 44-42. to And then Oxford Hills. By the way, this is the North, by the way. Class AA North. You have Oxford Hills beating Bangor 43-42. to So definitely some low-scoring affairs in those ones, man. Like, not a lot of offense being played. Now we look at the South. You have Thornton Academy beating Scarborough 60-37. to That's a nice win for Thornton Academy. Um Barrett won 40-38 against Sanford. Bonnie Eagle beats Gornham 64-53 to, to move on to the semifinals. And South Portland, again, moves on to the semifinals as they beat Noble, 83-33. to 33. So, to preview, let's take a look at the, uh, I would say probably the most intriguing matchup, which is South Portland versus Bonnie Eagle. We all know the talent level on both of these teams. Bonnie Eagles had a had a somewhat of an mi- uh, uneven season. Of late, they've been good. They've definitely been a good up late. They're re- recently they've they've had a good run. Let me just take wipes, a. Wipes, wipes, why the waist? Commercial, but if you look at recently, they um they they beat Gornham, they beat Mazurbek, they beat Thornton Academy, they beat Sanford, they beat so they won they won six straight games coming into this uh, big game against South Portland. So they're playing their best basketball at the right time, but they you know they definitely had a rough year come before this streak so they've had it like i said they started the year off 0 and 3 and one of. and they pretty much ended december with a losing record and then after january started they started to start right? they started racking up wins slowly but surely and they played their, they're playing their best basketball in february they haven't lost in february so they're pretty much undefeated coming into this game, you know, one six straight. So they're playing their best basketball at the right time, and but they're playing against a, a high power powerhouse in South Portland, led by um, Joseph JP Estrella, which I mentioned as being a premier D one prospect right now, which he's playing played well for them all year. You got Jalen Jackson, you got um. Halen, as they pretty much are two, you know, good two-way guards that really help them on both ends of the floor. So I, I like South Portland in this matchup, but I, keep an eye on Bonnie Eagle because they do have the size to match up with J.P. Estrella. Elliot Borchardt is six-nine himself, so both guys are six-nine matching up with each other. Borchardt can do uh, somewhat, somewhat what uh, Estrella can do, but at a somewhat of a poor man's level. But still, a, a player that to, you can't sleep because he's he's a good shot blocker, very good shot, one of the top shot blockers in the state. So it should be a fun matchup between him and J.P. Estrella, and that could be the key matchup of the game if Berger can compete and be at the level of Estrella and make the make things difficult for Estrella to really get going then i think Bonnie Eagle if they can slow down the pace, keep the pace down, play somewhat of a low scoring affair, i think Bonnie Eagle can sneak up and win and, and possibly upset South Portland. It definitely could be a an, a huge opportunity, but i think South Portland has enough with their guard play, and then Estrella to kind of be able to be a thorn in their side in this one, I think South Portland Red Riots should win this one. It's, but it should be a close game because I think Borcher, you know, is a very good rim protector, and he's going to really cause them to really work on that end of the floor, on that on the offensive end of the floor. So. It should be a close one. I, I think South Portland should win, though. They should win the game, though. So, continue to look at the bracket. The other intriguing matches that I like is Edward Little versus Lewinstown. Y'all know what Edward Little can do on the defensive end and what they're able to do inside, led by uh, Thousand point score, John Shea, uh, playing in his final season. But you got to love what Lewistown can do as well. They got some athleticisms, particularly at the, right in the front court position. You have a guy named Wing Ring that can definitely possibly match up with John Shea and give, you know, give. Get them a little bit of length at that position to um, to bother John Shea. which John Shea is about, he's, he's a big guy himself. He's about 6'5 or so. But uh, Ring Ring, if you look at Ring Ring, I'm trying to look at the height on him. Yeah, but uh, the height is not listed, which I'm checking my source right now. Most of my sources are from Max Preps or I have a few other sources, but I'm not able to get a height from him. But you have another guy that's 6'8", which I haven't really seen him play that much. But I expect Ring Ring to pretty much get that matchup with him which he's listed as a four-man on this, team, on this um, roster. So I would say um, this should be an interesting matchup because Lewistown is a team that can get up and down. They like to score. They do score quite a bit of points, and that the opposite. They kind of like to play a slow pace. So, again, it's almost like the Brewer and Swahegin matchup. Whoever's pace wins out. 'Cause this could be a coin fit. I think Lawyerstown has been very solid this season. They've had some um they're sixteen and five, which they end up losing every little early in the year, sixty nine to fifty nine. So that was in the first matchup. Then the second matchup they lost to them again. So but they end up losing to them in both matchups where the pace was higher. They had a much faster pace and they still lost to Edward Little twice. So now that I see that, I'm leaning towards Edward Little to win that game because this game will be on Thursday, by the way, two twenty-four, which I think all these games will be, you know the class A games will be on Wednesday, the class Double A games will be on Thursday, and I like Ever Little. I think Ever Little. I think Ever Little is going to win because they can play fast as well. So eighteen three on the season, along with John Shea, they do have a few guards that are pretty good. Tied the tour cut. Hamzy Schleck, Schlick. Marshall Adams. They're 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 an okay team. I think obviously John Shea they rely on him mostly, but but if they can compete at a higher pace against Lewistown, which they they've shown they're able to do, I think they have the advantage to win that game. So I had ever a little winning in that one. So Ever Little will probably be in the final along with South Portland. So it should be South Portland, which we all know South Portland, a little bit of a higher level of a team than Lewistown when it comes down to that pace. I think they can play an up-tempo pace and be able to be a little bit more explosive compared to Lewistown where, and more efficient where Lewistown may not be as efficient. So I expect... A matchup between South Portland and Edward Little, but both teams will be tested. I think those teams are pretty good. Unlike unlike the the other um, two teams, excuse me, I have to look at the bracket again. Sorry, just to make sure that is the that's how the bracket ends up. Just give me a sec. Oh, excuse me. I, yeah, I had to like yeah. So it's gonna be Everett Little. If Everett Little wins, then they face off with potentially Shervis and Oxford Hills. I think Oxford Hills should win. Service has had a weak year this season. Oxford Hills should win, and it should be against Everett Little. And then on you know, the other side of the bracket, you have South Portland and Bonnie Eagle. I think South Portland will win, and I think Thornton Academy will be Mesobaric. Mes- so Dorton Academy in South Portland on the other side of the bracket, the South bracket, and then on the North side, I have Everett Little facing off against Oxford Hills, which I think Oxford Hills, if you look at their record, they're 15-3. and three. They're, they're going to be good. So we'll obviously preview that next week or the next pod, in those matchups, which I believe. Those matchups will probably be next week, the championship games. So, or this weekend. It could be this weekend. Who knows? So, and they obviously will review it if they do happen over the weekend. But it looks like um, these semifinals will be, or the semifinals, because right now we're in that quarterfinal. Class A has semifinals, but, yeah, excuse me. These these are semifinals. These are semifinals in the North Division. Obviously, you know, once you have the finals for the North and the South, then obviously those two teams face off, and that's going to be the state championship for those classes. So, as far as the South goes, that's the semifinal in the North, same thing. But like I said, my predictions I have South Portland winning. I have Everett Little winning. As far as like the, those are the top two matchups in both North and South. And then I have Thornton Academy facing off with Portland, uh, South Portland. Then I have Oxford Hills facing off against Everett Little. As far as like the final for each North and South for Class Double A. So like I said, I, I told you that it was going to be a lot. <laughs> we're almost, almost an hour, and we're not even in New Hampshire yet. So let's quickly skim the New Hampshire, which is not much for New Hampshire because a lot has gone on. But let's take a look at that bracket real quick. And then we're gonna. Before we even do that, let's just quickly skim by um, the top ten, which I didn't even like. Look at it, Brewer. you don't know how Brewer, Brewer's in a good position to possibly, you know, face off against Nakoma. So that could that could actually be one and two could actually end up being what they end up playing. They, those two teams could end up playing each other in the championship. South Portland, same thing. And as far as class double A, they definitely could be in the championship. Every little same thing, they could be facing off against each other in the state championship. So Hagan's right in the mix of things in the class, class, class A. Oxford Hills having a strong year in class double A. Lewistown having again another team that's having a strong year in class double A. They're right in the thick of things. Falmouth, uh, played. Very well in class A so far. Only three losses. Dorn Academy, which we mentioned, is a team that possibly could give, um, South Portland a run for their money in the next, uh, potentials final. And then Coney, which, um, they're facing off against Nicolas this week. Good team, but I don't think they're good enough to compete with Nicolas. Not really close when it comes out of Nicolas's level. So, yeah, that was the latest ranking. If you haven't seen it yet, if you want to see it fully, which I pretty much told you everything right there, but if you want to see it yourself, yeah, it's on the socials and it's on rimsandnets.com, right on the um the local high school tab, which you'll find Tier 3, Vermont and Maine. Vermont and Maine High Schools is like the the sidebar where you'll find it, but let's take a look at New Hampshire. I'm just going to bring up the rankings real quick. right under the local tab and the local high schools New Hampshire, Rhode Island Wow, this is I was pretty accurate with this Yeah, Pinkerton number one this is the New Hampshire top ten rankings by the way Pinkerton number one, Trinity number two Nashua Nord number three, Burschel Gurton number four, Gobstown, number five. You have Lebanon, Shoahagan; those are all in Division two or three, I believe. Portsmouth, the same thing, Division two or three. Garford, two or three. So we're not even gonna even mention those teams. Far as like probably the top five is what we're gonna really mention. Um. We're just kind of like gonna talk about the semifinals um, yeah we're gonna talk about the semifinals and then we'll talk about the championship which happened a couple of days ago as it didn't take that long as they they started their playoffs very soon they very very quickly probably early February is where they started their playoffs um, you look at the semifinals. Take a look at the rankings. Take a look at the bracket real quick. Just give me a sec. So yeah. So you got the semi-final, which happened on February sixteenth. You have Trinity versus Pinkerton. Trinity gets the upset, which was a very good game. I thought Pinkerton showed very well, but I thought Trinity was good, man. Um Trinity's got three Premier players right now that are playing out of their mind right now. They've really been playing great for them of late. You got Mark Nyom, Nyoma. You have Tyler Bike. Devin Ellis has been good too. Devin Ellis is very, has been stepping up. And Andrew Poletti. So they got four guys that have been playing good basketball for them. And they were able to beat Pinkerton, which is led by the Chin brothers Anthony, Anthony Chin and Tyrone Chin. And um uh what's what's his name? The big guy, which he's pretty talented as well. This team is very good this year. They've had twenty wins on the year. They lost four games this season. They're led by Jackson Marshall, which is a six seven center for them. So they got good size, particularly their guards with the Chim Brothers. They're well over six feet. So they they honestly this Pinkerton team has been impressive. They they've had a very strong year, and for them to for Trinity to do what they're doing is impressive. They did they they pretty much came out of nowhere this year. I didn't, we didn't really expect them to be this good, and they've been very strong this season. So they were able to upset Pinkerton, and. I'm not saying it was a complete upset because they've had a strong year. Trinity w- had a very strong season. Excuse me. They only lost one game. I mean, it just. It, but to me, it just came out of nowhere. Because I did not have them on the radar at all this season. I didn't expect them to be this good. So I did not expect them to w- to really be this good but they were they were they were good this season hey, it's me your dry skin I'm- they were very good this season so and then you have the other semi-final golfstown was able to take care of business on the other side of the bracket oh my god i'm just so out of sorts i apologize Just tells you how much info this high school. But I'm very passionate about it, though. I must say, but if I had to like add another person to the business, I would definitely say help me out with the high school stuff because it's a lot. But yeah, um Golfstone faced off against Nashore North. And that was A good win for them. They won. Oh, let me see, because they did not do good job of covering some of this stuff. Yeah, they didn't. They did not. So I I couldn't even get a score for that Gobstown Nash or North game. But all I know is Gobstown was victorious in that one. So, you have pretty much got a championship game of Trinity versus Golfstown, which I was able to watch that game, by the way. Um, They did stream it on YouTube, and I did watch most of it. And what I've noticed, like I mentioned with those Trinity Big Four, um, Golfstown fell behind in the game. It was, uh, Trinity started out hot. They had a hot start, They, they were scoring. Um through those four guys. Um, they all played well and made big shots, timely shots when they needed it too. Cause uh Golfstown ended up coming back right around the right around the third quarter, they you know made a nice comeback. In the second quarter too, they were kinda you know, it was still a, a, a sizable advantage by uh Trinity coming into halftime, but Golfstown made a nice effort to come back in that third quarter. Um, they were led by guys like Mason Blundie, which you kind of know who he is. But there's a few other guys that people. I'm trying to bring up the roster. With Geico, we can easily bubble home and car insurance and save even more. There's so yeah. many ads. Oh my God. But yeah, I was impressed, but watching the game, I was impressed by. Rob Brugati, he's one of their point guards. He's a bigger guy. He's 5'10", 165. And he, he was impressive. The way he was able to get into the lane and really, you know, slash and create, you know, foul opportunities. Um, Lundi was good at times. Wasn't, I was really impressed by R- Brugati. And, um, there's another guy that I was I thought he was very good. But I I'm not finding him on here though. But anyways. Yeah, Golfstown they came back in the third quarter. And what I've noticed is that when Trinity needed to make a big shot, they were able to make a big shot. It was you know Tyler Bike was unguardable at times. He was unguardable at times, and he was getting in the lane, kicking out to the shooters, and Devin, Ev- Devin Ellis, uh, Andrew Pellati, was able to make big threes when it mattered. Um, And Mark Naoma, Ni- his game was – he had a nice first half, but he kind of was – you know he kind of disappeared in the second half but Tyler Bike he stayed stayed true to you know he was a little bit quiet in the second half as well which believe me Golfstand did a good job of making adjustments to really get themselves back in that game and really made it made it a game out there but i mean that that big four Naoma, Tyler Bike and Devin Ellis and Peloti have were really good for them all year long and they definitely showed big when it mattered to win that championship game. So uh if you look at the championship game um they were able to win sixty four to sixty two. It was a close game. It was it was a nice crowd by the way. It was a very good crowd. Everyone was into it and Trinity was able to win um, and win the championship for New Hampshire. This is D1, by the way. So Trinity was able to win 64-62, to 62, led under by Andrew Pelletti's performance and Tyler Bikes' performance. Devin Ellis chipped in and scored as well. So give them props for winning Golfstown. Let me see if I can get some statistics on Golfstown because besides the Robert uh brigadey performance i'm still looking for like some statistics on those other guys i thought were really big in the game Let's say, yeah, bike was bike was definitely key in this one, man. He was key. Very, very key performance for him. But yeah, I'm not able to get the access I need on that. But, anyways, it was a nice one for Trendy. They won sixty four to sixty two. Uh, good showing. And congrats to them. Was, I believe that might have been their first state championship, which I don't know if Trinity was in D1 before, but they were out of the radar a couple of years ago when I first started covering, you know, high school sports for this, um, you know, for the brand and everything. Trinity was not one of the teams I was looking up. I, I know about Golfstown. Golfstown was a pretty good couple years, you know, this year and a couple years back when I started covering high school basketball. But Trinity is a school that was completely under the radar a couple years ago. So give them credit and nice win for them to win their first. I believe might have been their first high school championship in the state. So props to them. All right. So. uh we're going to take another break because we're already about an hour into this one. I know it was a lot of dead air time, so I apologize for that. Just trying to get things organized and stuff. but um, We'll definitely uh, take another break and get into the third segment. We'll pretty much talk about Rhode Island, which they started their playoffs as well. And then we'll get into Connecticut and then we'll get into Vermont and we'll also get into Massachusetts, which Connecticut and Massachusetts haven't started their playoffs yet. Vermont, I believe they haven't started theirs yet either. So we'll kind of wrap things up with, you know, little, little, we'll, we'll talk about Rhode Island a little bit because they have some quarterfinals that I had to talk about. And then I, I think they started their, um, They started the, um, the Primera, uh, Primera, I can't even say the word, it's pretty much the opening round games, they started the opening round games, which pretty much set up the quarterfinal games, so, we'll mention that, you know, and once you get back from break, and then... We'll talk about Vermont, we'll talk about Mass, and we'll talk about Connecticut to end the show. All right, so you're listening to the Ribs Dance Podcast. Your host, Rob Morris. We'll be right back with the next segment.